and welcome to Tax Vibe, a podcast by the Tax Institute. I'm Robin Jacobson, the Senior Advocate at the Tax Institute, and your host of today's podcast. We love the vibe of tax, and here at the Tax Institute, we do tax differently. I'll be chatting with some of the tax profession's great thought leaders who will share valuable and practical insights you may not hear every day. We hope you enjoy this episode of Tax Vibe. I'm joined by Jerome C., CTA, who is a partner at King and Wood Mallisons in Sydney, specialising in taxation disputes and litigation. Jerome is also the firm's global transfer pricing coordinator. Jerome is an experienced tax practitioner and has been involved in a number of Australia's recent high profile tax cases. Jerome is a national counsellor of the Tax Institute, has been the 2021 vice president and will be our president for 2022. I'm also joined by Marg Marshall, CTA, who is a partner at WLF Accounting and Advisory in Hobart. Mark has built a reputation as one of Australia's foremost experts in specialist taxation. She is regularly engaged to present at local and national conferences and seminars. Her professional commentary is also in demand from media and as a panellist speaker. Mark has over 25 years experience in chartered accounting firms. Mark has been the Tasmanian National Councillor since 2016 and a state councillor for Tasmania since 2013. She will be the Vice President of the Tax Institute for 2022. Jerome and Marg, welcome to Tax Vibe for this final episode for 2021, and congratulations on your appointments for next year. Thanks, Thanks Robin. Robin. Very excited for 2022. Uh, very excited for 2021 to end, too. <laughs> oh, yes, absolutely. Yes. We, we talk about the light at the end of the tunnel finally, and, and we hope that this indeed is the light at the end of the tunnel and not another oncoming train like the, the Delta variant was this year. So, Mark, just to quickly kick off, the profession's pretty exhaustive, isn't it? You're right, Robin. Everyone really needs a break. People have worked very, very hard over the last 18 months to two years and not many did take a break last year. I know that. So, um we are seeing a lot of fatigue amongst our members and we're really strongly encouraging people to try and take that break. In fact, not just try, actually book it in and do it. And leave the laptops at the office. Yeah, leave your laptop at the office if you are working in the office, of course. That's one of the problems, I suppose, with this year is so many people still working from home that that separation of work and, and fun, those lines are very blurred. So shut it, close it, put it in its bag, put it in a cupboard so you can't even see it don't be tempted yeah jerome the tax institute's going to be launching a new campaign called out of office and we're going to be running this over the next few weeks and it's really an opportunity to remind our members and the wider tax community to take that well-earned break so people can focus on life outside of work over the holiday period we can talk in cliches about swapping suits for sandals and zoom for zeds and emails for easy breezy days. But Jerome, in all seriousness, how do we ensure that people do take the break that is so deserved and needed this summer? It's hard though um, to, especially because we can't travel and we might get to that down the track in this podcast. I'm seeing a lot of our staff uh, accumulate annual leave and that's not great for us. And the cynics might say as an owner of a business, you're just trying to reduce your liability. But in all seriousness, that is there for you to rest and recuperate. It's not there for you to, I mean, ideally, if, you, if you've got an eight-week European holiday book, that's great. But we've had a two-year stint in Australia where we can't really go anywhere. We really need to take this January 
take the leave and rest. January, uh, I guess, for a, a litigator like me, is probably the ideal time because the courts are closed, the barristers are all um, on holidays, and I've encouraged my teams to take take January off. It's one of the few months of the year or the few weeks of the year um, that you can. And indeed, the holiday period, you know, between the end of December and January, no client's going to be calling you. So as Mark said, take, put your laptop away. When I go overseas for a longer break, I usually turn my work emails off in iPhone. So I'll keep my home emails on, I'll keep my messages on, but I'm one of those people who have, you know, AD, there's one on there, I need to read it. So if I turn it off, I don't see that there's an email outstanding and I'll turn it on at the end of the day. But please do take a break. I've been telling my teams to take a break. Um, and I tell all our members and our listeners, you deserve a break. And it's important to have that self-awareness or however you want to express it, emotional awareness, that sometimes we get so caught up in the busyness and the deadlines and the adrenaline that sometimes it can be difficult to stand back and, and recognise that you indeed do need a mental break. Mm, that's right. Unfortunately, alcohol, uh, I'm, I'm probably one of these people, um, alcohol probably doesn't help you sleep, right? So maybe sometimes just go lighter on the um, alcohol, you get a better sleep um, for it. I mean, I usually try and do Feb Fast or Dry July. I'm not plugging either of those <laughs> charities, but they're good for you. I've got friends who are drinking 0% alcohol. Now, I'm not here mm. to plug that either, yeah. but it is something that's becoming more socially acceptable and you get none of the, the downsides of having an afternoon on the beers that does contain mm. alcohol. Yep, and that's certainly something I'm starting to do more and more and, you know, they look like real beers. I've had bad not alcohol-free gin. I'm, I haven't found a good one of those yet. <laughs> I've got sure a recommendation for you. Probably a Tassie one, hey, Mark? <laughs> yeah, definitely a Tassie one. There's some good ones out there, you do, but you'd have to find yeah. them. But you're absolutely right. The whole alcohol thing can be, it's a time when we do have lots of opportunities to drink. There's always been in the past a bit of an expectation, but I'm seeing the same thing amongst my friends and peers, people making choices about how much or what they're going to drink and making those healthy choices and absolutely right I sleep much better if I haven't had a skinful before I go to bed so yeah we recently went to both a brewery and a winery and managed to get through most of it without any alcohol it's, it's quite amazing Jerome we look at the year or in fact the two years that we've had but particularly the last 12 months which we didn't see coming and we could say the same thing about 2020 but we got to the end of 20 and really thought we'd done the hard yards and 21 was going to be very different and and so for many people this was actually a harder year than 2020 mm. and of course New South Wales had the extended lockdown really for the first time in the pandemic to the extent it did. So how do you avoid burnout and, and when you find yourself depleted how do you perhaps in a normal environment if I can still refer to normality and perhaps how has it been affected by the past couple of years? Usually what I like doing um, I'm not as active as my doctors tell me I need to be what I usually do is go uh, I like holidays I like going to new places um, whether it's domestic or overseas unfortunate enough or unfortunate enough to go overseas for work a fair bit um, so I usually tack on a weekend here or there just to find a new place and that's been hard obviously because we are, haven't been allowed to travel um, so I don't think I've switched off as well as some other people who might be able to you know, do laps of Bondi Beach, you know, and go up and down swimming. So it's been hard for me. And I, I think people have to not be afraid of saying it's been hard because people um, will help. But I'm hoping, you know, next year, subject to Omicron, that will stop and we can go and do things again. I, I have to preach what I tell my teams. 
I need to recharge in January too. Mark, how do you work out the best way to break away from all that, the hecticness of the day? Uh, well, Robin, of course, being in Tassie, much more fortunate than the rest of the country in terms of haven't had a lockdown since that first, very first one that the whole country went into, um, apart from a very short three-day one. And generally um, able to do most things. My personal thing is green time. I'm a big believer in green time, getting out, having a bushwalk, you know, even locally here in Hobart. And it's the same in most cities. There are parks and trees are really important for that. Um, If you can get in amongst some trees, um, whether it's half an hour or an all day walk, I find that's very calming and it it just, just resets your mind. And I've been on this one, my personal trainer runs Friday afternoon walks or Friday night walks, and that's winter and summer. So down here in summer, of course, we get the very, very long evenings, and that's fabulous. But in winter, the walking in the dark is is a lovely thing to do as well. And we take really easy paths and those sorts of things. And it's really local, and it's only an hour and a half. It's a Friday night thing, and it really puts a great full stop on the week. They're becoming more popular, more people doing them. And so I would encourage everyone to try and get some green time if you can. I know it's not everybody's cup of tea and a lot of people aren't that active, but, you know, a half hour stroll through a park even can be enough, really. Thinking of the contrast, so let's work on the basis you've spent the whole week in your office, you've been sitting at your desk, you've been sedentary and the mind's been incredibly active and and working hard and then you've switched them around. So when you're going for your walk on the Friday afternoon, closes off the week, you're now physically active and the mind is switch gear completely. Yep. It is amazing and it is really, really good for well-being. I find it's great for my well-being. And I've noticed because I haven't been able to go for the last few weeks and now um, the season's finished and everyone's busy doing Christmas things, I can see a difference in me just from not having done it. So I know what it does for me. Green time, really important. Maybe it's because I'm a Piscean, but I've always found that water (laughs) is calming. So whether it's a beach, an ocean, a lake, a river, I find if I can be near water and watch the flow, it's a bit like watching the the embers in a fireplace, watching the flow of water, I find incredibly calming. So let's change gear in our conversation. We're closing off 2021, we're moving into 2022. We know it's going to be a federal election year. We have this wonderful system in Australia where we're still going to have speculation for many months as to when the election will be held, but we know it's got to be held on the basis there is one election next year, not two, because they technically could run the half Senate plus the full lower house, but they're going to run one general election. It would need to be by the 21st of May. We now know with the parliamentary sittings, they've scheduled 29 March for the federal budget. So that would suggest an election sometime in early to mid-May. So there's an imperative to keep tax reform on the radar here, but what are some of the key issues that we'd like to keep on our tax radar? And Jerome, I'll kick off with you. In corporate land, what are the key tax issues on your radar? I I think industrial matters are going to come to the forefront. Um, There's been a lot of pressure on staffing, uh, not enough employees, you know, in restaurants and so on, accounting and IT and so on. So I think industrial issues pertaining to tax and super will come to the forefront, particularly contractor employee issues. Um, You've seen the on-call payroll tax matter and that's spreading to New South Wales and other states and territories as well. So I think those things are important to keep an eye out on. Internationally, transfer pricing, I think, continues to rear its ugly head. Financing issues, commodities, IP, 
And then IP generally, you've got two products coming out from the ATO uh, next year. Uh, I've got the current draft software ruling and also the intangibles BCG. Uh, so they, they will impact corporate taxpayers, if not uh, mid-market as well. And finally, I think crypto. Finally, crypto is coming to the forefront for good or bad. And in the um, corporate world? Uh, well, in the corporate world, you're looking at exchanges uh, and you know financing and blockchain issues. So maybe not crypto particularly, but blockchain and, and technology. There are some really interesting developments coming out. CBA has released its crypto app in the last couple of weeks. Um, so consumers can start or select consumers can start trading in crypto now. Um, so you've got Senator Bragg's report coming out and then a referral um, on crypto, CGT and crypto to the border tax. So that's all next year. So I think crypto is going to be uh, quite an interesting new development. You know, it's interesting to me and I hopefully interesting to a few other people. I wouldn't ever invest in it yet. Uh, <laughs> I've got a house to pay off, but there are others who probably are less risk averse. <laughs> Look, it's certainly one of those areas that a few people dabbled in it some years ago, but it is becoming much more mainstream. And for that reason, we're seeing increasingly more guidance from the ATO about the CGT implications and, of course, the impact when you're, you're trading or exchanging for different cryptocurrencies. Yeah, and um, whether it's a foreign currency now, you know, I've got Ecuador, I think. Um, El Salvador. El Salvador, sorry, um, using Bitcoin. So, you know, there's, there's some guidance to come out from the ATO hopefully next year too. No, really interesting space and, and one to watch next year. Mark, in the SME space, what's on the radar here? Well, Robin, we've got a few things that we've been waiting for for a while. Um, people are probably sick of us hearing from the Tax Institute that we're still waiting on, you know, Div 7A reform that we've been promised now for years. The, there has been some indication that we are likely to see something early in the new year around Div 7A and 100A. So I guess it's a watch this space with that one, but it does seem as though there is some traction going on there. That's, um, as I understand it, the ATO talking. Um, we're still not really sure what Treasury are doing. That's correct. Yeah. What we're hearing, and this was shared at a recent conference we ran in Noosa, we are still, of course, waiting for Treasury to release draft legislation on the proposed reforms, which yep. we're now up to nine and a half years from when the measures were first reviewed by the Board of Taxation. Um, and certainly we're talking about five years or so since the government committed to reforming them. Yes. This is separate. So the ATO is looking at the current Div 7A guidance that the ATO has published. Yeah. And then looking at putting out some fresh guidance early next year. So I think it's important to note this is quite separate from any legislative reform that Treasury might initiate or progress. Yeah, so I think it's like it's important for us to not, to be across that, and and of course when that guidance comes out, we will be putting material out to our members and no doubt offering training. But it's a really good distinction that Robin points out that this is not legislative reform, which is what we've been waiting for. So you know we continue with a bit of uncertainty there. Um, the other big thing that I suppose we can all expect is the finalised version of the PCG 2021-D2, which of course is the allocation of professional firm profits. So that's obviously very dear to a lot of our members' hearts. Yeah. And it'll be interesting to see what the ATO have done with our voluminous submissions that have come through from various parts of the profession. Um, we certainly put our own in and there was a joint submission as well. So I'm very keen to see what it looks like in terms of my own practice, and I know others are as well. PCG is scheduled to be released on Thursday, the 16th of December. Mm. It will be interesting to see if it does indeed get issued that date. 
And then, of course, the reaction of the profession to what is finally published. But we do know that there will be an additional 12 months in terms of its application date. So it's now going to take effect from July 2022, which is a positive and a sensible outcome. Yes, as it should be. Merry Christmas. <laughs> like, yes. Thanks, thanks, ATO. Maybe they'll listen, but maybe they won't. But we'll see. Yeah. All right, so vision for next year. Both of you move into formal leadership positions on National Council and as directors of the Tax Institute. So Jerome is president and Marg is vice president. What are your respective visions, and I'll throw to Jerome first, for next year? What would you like to see as a legacy of your presidency and and the Institute more broadly achieve throughout next year? And and by the way, I'm not going to hold you to any commitments in this podcast. (laughs) <laughs> uh, Mark will though. <laughs> <laughs> I've got. I, I'm taking notes, Jerome. I, I think the first thing is I think looking at our the diversity of our membership and making sure it's reflected in all our committees, councils, event organising committees, events, and so on, um, and also to try and attract new members um, who might not normally be members. So that's really important for us. I think that's been important for society, I think, in the last couple of years, if not more. Um, so I'm really keen to um, get a formal diversity policy up and running with um, Joanna Price, who's the GM of People and Culture at the Tax Institute. Uh, making sure our members don't burn out is really important. Um, supporting members uh, through education, advocacy and so on. Just what, what do members need? We're looking at a new website. I know we've said this a few times, but... I mean, going back to the industrial issues, trying to find IT staff in all our businesses has been difficult. So it is a little bit slower than what we'd ideally like, but we want to get a website that works for our members. So that, that is coming next year. There are a few other things. I mean, Marg, might, you might want to talk about micro-credentials and things, but that, mm. that's quite exciting. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jerome, happy to. That, like, micro-credentials is a, is a new way of learning that probably a bit of a buzzword out there in, in learning and education, but we've taken on the challenge of turning some of our programs into really tiny bite-sized bits so you can get hold of a, a small maybe a 10-minute or a 20-minute um, online learning program do that and build up your knowledge that way so these little bite-sized chunks that you know you just might want to understand one section of Div 152. So you've got something a bit quirky on the CGT Small Business Concessions. You get, you've got the basics down, but you've got something that's a bit out of the ordinary. So you can go through the catalogue of microcreds and find that bite-sized bit. It doesn't, it's not going to be hideously expensive to do the course. You're not committing to 10 hours. It's not a whole day thing. You can do it when you want to. And it's meant to be something that you can get in, do it, and then get on with your work. And, you know, hoping to launch that in this coming year, and that will grow as we go. Um, the first offerings will be um, limited because, to Jerome's point about IT staff and, and all of that sort of stuff, we've got lots to do in terms of making sure that the learning content is right as well. So there's a fair, there's going to be a lot of rigor behind this, and, you know, it'll be something that you can hang your hat on. We're really excited by the prospect that people can get what they need in the time frame that they want it and in something that's easy and, and not too time consuming. So looking forward to seeing that come to fruition. And look, we're 
really interested in in seeing how people's careers are going. What what makes your career in tax actually meaningful? Look, I'm really, really quite proud to say well, to have been involved with the Tax Institute over the last couple of years through the pandemic. The amount of work that we did that supported our members, all of the webinars that we did around JobKeeper and Cashflow Boost and, and the stuff that was done for the state-based stimulus packages, all of that was provided as part of your membership. And so we want to make sure that our community is engaged, that we continue to see that happen. People are seeing this as a valuable thing to have in terms of their membership and that they can be either involved just via the learning and the, the training opportunities that, that are provided or get involved in other ways. So we're really looking forward to seeing how that pans out for next year. Jerome, you talk about diversity. I think about how diverse tax is. It touches everything we do. And I don't just mean we as tax professionals. Everyone in the community, whether you're a business owner, an investor, a retiree, an employee, you work in the gig economy, tax affects everything. And so everyone can be part of this conversation about how to improve the system, how to improve engagement, how to improve how the regulators do what they do. And the Tax Institute has got a, a really important role, not just for our members, but also more broadly for the community. Now, that's, that's right here. And I think Diversity, I mean, may not just mean gender or ethnicity. It can mean getting more younger people involved or getting the elder end who have the, the wisdom who might be retired and getting them back involved in the community as well, even though they might not be practicing anymore. They've got an important part to play in the system as well. So I, I am interested in making sure that we, our membership and our offerings are um, are diverse to meet those diverse audiences because the TTI's vision isn't just for our members, it's to improve the system for the community generally. So as we draw the year to a close, and thankfully we can draw a line under this very challenging year, how are both of you going to stop and recharge over the Christmas break and, and come into 2022 with your new roles and, and lots of fighting energy to take on all the challenges of next year? As is probably common enough in a, in a number of offices, well, I hope it's common, we will close on Christmas Eve. The lead up to Christmas in our office is amazing, really. We have we do Christmas very well in our office um, with <laughs> lots of things on, lots of celebration, you know, secret Santas and Christmas decoration competitions and all sorts of stuff. So the office looks a bit like Maya with the windows and things. Santa's workshop. Yeah, yeah. So, yes, I just somebody just walked past my office carrying a, a large life-sized elf. So, you know, it's on. <laughs> so we will close until the 4th. And then I am going to take a break in January. I'm having the second two weeks of, of January off and having beach time. I'm going to a lovely spot, um, one of my favourite parts of Tassie, the Bay of Fires. So really looking mm -hmm. forward to uh, 10 days at the beach. And, yeah, so that's that's my my way of having a bit of a break. And feeling the sand between your toes instead of the, mm. the keyboard under your fingers. Absolutely right, Robin. Absolutely right. Yes. And Jerome? Probably just trying to find short breaks in New South Wales, maybe Queensland now that I'm allowed to go. <laughs> and Tassie as well. I mean, Marg knows I cancelled a Tassie holiday earlier in the year because of coronavirus. So I might head back down there and visit Mona uh, in Hobart and just recharge for the new year. Well, thank you both for coming on the show. It's been wonderful to chat to you both and, and hear about your visions for next year. I also want to thank you on behalf of the Tax Institute for the work that you do for us and the work you have done and will do into next year. So I, I hope you have a, a wonderful break and come back with all that wonderful energy we're going to need from you both. Thanks, Robin. And just, yeah. uh, thank you to all our members as well. You've done a great 
effort over the last year, two years to help support the community through this uh, JobKeeper, JobSaver, all the, all the New South Wales and state support packages. I know you're tired. Uh, we're here to help you next year. Our goal is to help you educate, not just in technical, but in practical ways in well-being. Um, hopefully we'll see you in person in some events as well. That Hopefully that starts again. And I know, Robin, you're itching to get, get going and seeing people around the country. So um, hopefully we'll get to see you all in 2022. I echo those sentiments exactly, Jerome. It's been an amazing year. The profession has absolutely stepped up. Everyone should be incredibly proud of themselves, but absolutely recharge and, and take that well-deserved break. And we look forward to seeing you at some face-to-face -face events next year. So thank you for listening to this episode of Tax Vibe. I've been chatting with Jerome C, partner, King and Wood Mellisons, and the 2022 president of the Tax Institute. And Mark Marshall, partner at WLF Accounting and Advisory, and the 2022 vice president of the Tax Institute. To keep up to date with Tax Vibe, be sure to subscribe, rate and review wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you'd like to connect with us on social media, follow the Tax Institute on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. You can join the conversation on our member-only community forum at community.taxinstitute.com.au. Not a member of the Tax Institute? Join a collective voice of 15,000 practitioners at the heart of the profession and find out what the best tax professionals have in common. Join today and save 50% on membership. For more information, visit taxinstitute.com.au forward slash membership. You can also contact us by emailing taxvibe at taxinstitute.com.au. On behalf of the Tax Institute, I wish you all a safe, relaxing and happy festive season. And we look forward to you joining us next year.